The NFL is scripted and so are we. Welcome to the Miss Reps Podcast. My name is Kanal and I'm here with Adam. How you doing, Adam? Bleep bloop. See, that wasn't scripted. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what are you it's talking about? It's in the news. Google Doc. I just wrote, I just saw that right there. Bleep bloop. Actually, it was writing as you were Wing dings. <laughs> Winding. No, I'm kidding. Um, man, I'm, I'm doing good personally over here. Uh, the snow and all that stuff is gone. No more icing. It's just raining now. But uh, weather is, I guess, nice. Work's going okay. And then finally, we get to talk sports today. Yeah, it's our favorite day of the week. We get to talk sports. Yeah, um, we had, I think, like previously over the past weekend, we had like the Pro Bowl games and the Senior Bowl and all that good stuff. But I mean, I mean, who watches the Pro Bowl games like that? I mean, dodgeball. <laughs> they, they tried really hard. I, I watched clips of them trying to go out there and play golf. And I was like, oh, that's funny. They're like you and me. But then I was like, all right, this this is OK. <laughs> it's OK. <laughs> it's OK. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of talk of just like the draft prospects from the Senior Bowl and stuff like that, which we can get into next week. I like, you know, post Super Bowl. We can then talk about like maybe some of our favorite candidates and stuff like that, you know, going up, especially free agency stuff, because Oh boy, does the Seahawks need it? Yeah, um, we we think that uh, we're gonna have four. Wait, wait, the draft is March or April? April. Yeah, April. so we got we got some time to uh, get down to the nitty gritty because we need to dissect exactly what we need. You're never yeah. gonna know what you're gonna get out of the draft, but you do. You always know what you're gonna need going into the draft. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Because I mean, ugh, it's just a lot. It, it, this is like I guess as a Seahawks fan, it's like we've never just had one. Not saying we've never had no we it's been a long time since this franchise had like two first round picks and this many picks in what oh, top yeah. 50. So <laughs> yeah. um this is why it's just it's like nerve-wracking. It, basically it's like if you Don't thought, fuck up, that's what I'm thinking. Don't fuck up, but then the other part is like it's it's basically like if that last the last draft with Tariq Woolen and all of them um we we got that crew of rookies. If we can score again, I think we're going to have a very solid foundation going forward. Mm. It just has to, it just has to work. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's always, that's always the big, if everything is fine, as long as it works. And the uh, only time, the only time people complain is when it don't. And we need a center. We need to go get a center. I saw a center. I think he's from Minnesota. I forgot his name. Oh, I, I, I forgot his name too, but I yeah. saw it. He was at the senior bowl, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yeah, so he, he was doing really well, but he's like a, like the top seat, uh, top center. But I don't know if we can get him at, 20 uh, our our second first round pick if you get both sides especially a center i'm mm. good do whatever oh, you yeah. want after do whatever, do whatever you, you want, want after <laughs> give us a center damn it like the, the, yeah, the again the austin, Blythe, austin Blythe was easily the worst player on our offense last year and i don't i think that's by like and, a mile and that's with our right guard position switching uh switching yeah, in they, and out. with them tag teaming a right guard position <laughs> <laughs> so i mean man it's just it's crazy but hey at the end of the day um Speaking of Pro Bowl games, let's talk about the Seahawks real quick. Um, there's two things. Just one was just like a coaching update with Sean Desai. Um, he's still looking at some DC positions. He actually pulled his name out of the Vikings DC um, job since that went to uh, Brian Flores. So congratulations to Flores on that one. We'll talk about him in a second. Um, Sean Desai is actually still looking at uh, the DC position in Denver. And we'll see what happens with that. I mean, I, I still want him to get a chance because, I mean, he's, he doesn't really have like a distinct position within the Seahawks. But I, again, I feel like that where, if he were to go and get a D.C. position, he can make a name for himself. Oh, for sure. And I think, you know, that just you can tell how good a coach is by how other coaches talk about him. Right. And he's gotten nothing but, you know, um, admiration from other coaches around the league. You know, young and old people, are, people have a lot of respect for him. 
Yeah. A lot of those 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 open coaching positions are starting to dry up. I mean, we'll we'll talk a little bit about them as we or as we go around the league, but I think pretty much Arizona is the only one that doesn't have Arizona and Indianapolis are the two teams that don't have coaches left, right? Yes. Did Indianapolis sign one. Um, not that I, not from what you, you, you know, if they had a head coach, you would hear about it kind of thing. I haven't heard anything. I've just, I've only heard like, you know, defensive coordinator positions, offensive coordinator, and then like the other positions like passing co- uh, passing coach, DB coach and stuff like that. But that's not um, the main focus that people look at too. But, uh, actually I have a question for you, but mm-hmm. let's, uh, let's, uh, let, let's let you get you, sorry, let's let you get through the rest of the, uh, Seahawks, uh, points because it goes back to the Colts because I just thought of it right now so go ahead oh yeah yeah. so the final final thing we have is that Gino mentioned during the Pro Bowl uh, or the Pro Bowl games that not that it's actually fully done but like things are looking very good for him and the Seahawks in terms of contracts and he didn't really mention numbers or anything like that but he's basically saying like a deal's gonna get done we're just looking at the numbers right now like we, we we agreed on like something like in terms of like some verbal like confirmation of a contract but like just gotta get into the details of the numbers because it's gonna be a contract where it protects the seahawks if they want to get out of it early or even can phase you know gino out into being like a mentor qb for whoever the next qb is but essentially it also works out for gino being a person that has been a backup for seven years and making whatever he's been making like this is his you have to also understand that this is his chance to make this is like honestly it for him to make that big money like that big contract to get and I think he has all the leverage in the world because I think I saw something come out where insiders in the Seahawks organization were saying the 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 gap in quality. I'm not saying talent, you know, like we've talked about how Gino is more of a finished product. Uh, at least in my opinion, Drew Locke has more upside, mm-hmm. but he's not anywhere near where Gino is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're saying the the quality of both right now, the the gap between the gap in quality between the two is Grand Canyon esque. You know, something like that comes out, you know that. There is, you know, that you know the direction that the organization is going to try to um, try to go if they know that the if they're because the, the the strategy right now is they know they're trying to find a bridge until their next big thing because Gino can be a good quarterback for us. Will he lead us to a Super Bowl? I mean, that depends on if we draft the defense or not, as well as you know how many how long it will take us to get there because he's on the other side of thirty, so he'll. Um, you know the organization; they're probably going to try to try to get him locked down as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. I think we're gonna. I think we'll find a deal. We'll find some numbers that work. I'm not really concerned with like, oh my gosh, you know, he's taken up like you know all of our cap or something. I don't think it's going to be that bad, especially with like the amount of like uh, the cap space that we gained by not you know re-signing Russell Wilson, of course. Um, so, which just man, I, I hope he does a good job over there at Denver, but we'll see. But I, I personally think that if, you know, not if, but when Gino signs a contract and he's going to come back and stuff like that, I think he still has, um, he has some, good some things left to, in. yeah, he's has, he has, he, he definitely has years left in him, but I also think he has some stuff to, uh, to prove, not to prove, but to improve upon himself. Right. Yeah. Um, of course, like, just let me think, uh, I think like just real quick improvements can just be like, you know throwing those starting interceptions in the games and stuff like that. Besides that, like, you know, loosening up the ball, kind of like how he did in the first half, because I know it kind of got a little bit more conservative towards the second half of the season. But as long as he improves on his game, I think we'll be okay. We just got to – we have to build a team around him, though. So we'll see how that goes going forward. 
Yeah, and because and that starts with our offensive line. You know, you've touched on it a lot too, and that the that's trenches, pretty much man. The trenches, the trenches is important, both offense and defensive line. I mean, hell, the 49ers proved the 49ers and of course the uh, the Eagles have proven that like oh, you yeah. have to have a good front seven and you have the good starting five. Oh yeah. And you know, I think the the next bit for us is probably getting some damn running back running back depth because that that took a that hit us pretty hard <laughs> towards the end of last still, season. I think we're still good because we had some running backs that were. I think we have some running backs on future contracts, if I remember correctly, and we had some people that we had like some vets yeah. that we pulled in. I think we're going to be good in terms of like having K nine Dallas uh, and DJ Dallas, and I it depends on if we are keeping Travis Homer or not because I think he's in a contract year too. I think if he's. Not, I think he's. I think up. we can find a third. I think we can, it's easy to find a third running back. If not, go and draft one. But yeah, but my my point was is that you know our curse with the running back health, and you know we had at the beginning of the season, you know five running backs, and then eventually at the at one point in the season yeah, we had zero. Yeah. So you know just building out that depth because uh, you never know what's going to happen, especially with our running back room. Yeah, I would just say either you go and get sign a vet, but well, I mean I don't know how what. I mean, sign like some of those vets that aren't going to be high up on the depth um, depth chart, or just go and draft a very late late running back. You just never know. That's my thing. I would. You can't have too many running backs at this point for the C, especially for the Seahawks. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that's all I had for Seahawks. Did you have anything else you wanted to touch on? Nope. It's been quiet on the Seahawks front. Besides, like you know, we're not in the Super Bowl or anything. But let's uh, let's head on out to around the league. Yeah, first story up, it's one that was breaking, you know, it broke the internet, so to speak. Tom Brady retiring, and he'll start his Fox commentating career in 2024. Fucking uh, finally, am I right? Yeah, because he <laughs> even said, he even had the whole thing of um, him on the beach, and he was like, yep, I'm retiring, and done, and I'm done for good. Like, he had to add, I'm done for good, though, because, Dude. like, Ian Rappaport last time, or was it Dude. Ian Rappaport? Adam Schefter. That Schefter, I think last. it was. But did was you Schefter. see, did you see, I, I saw, I think I saw it somewhere. Someone posted on eBay a jar of sand yes. from the exact spot where he retired. I saw it, because they literally were $100,000. Did it sell? I don't know, but the, there were bids on it, and the, the last bid I saw was $100,000. Bro, it's sand. It's like, sand. sand it's got to go anywhere. Like, bro, you could even, like, argue, like, the sand. Like, he walked on that beach, so you could honestly just, like, pick up the sand anywhere. But, hey, if someone really makes money off of that, that would be so funny. But, unfortunately, I think that was in somewhere in Florida. He did that, and someone was just like, you know what? Why not? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I mean, all jokes aside, Man had three Hall of Fame careers in one career, you know, early Brady with the Pats, later Brady with the Pats, you know, because they had that gap in between their Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Buccaneers, Brady, who you know was arguably one of the better ones, too, which is kind of wild as an yeah. older quarterback. Oh, yeah. Uh, I forgot to also mention he also was posting like pics of himself like. Am it I doing under- it right? He was just like, am I doing it right? I'm like, okay, A.B. <laughs> okay, A.B. Okay, Man's a menace. The menace. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it's just, it, it's funny. At least he's going to have go out and have fun at this point because he's done. Like, come on, man. 23 years. You did it. You've won seven Super Bowls. Unfortunately, I don't know how it's going to be in trying to get you to another one because a team can only support you so much. The Bucks, personally, uh, a lot of people were going to say he's not going to the Bucks. He's going to the Raiders or something. But I don't think... He's he can lift up a team like he could. You got to give him some receivers. You got to give him some like a definitely a good defense, which that's what the Bucks Let, did yeah, initially. So let's not get it twisted. That team that Tom Brady airdropped into basically was a very complete team that were mm-hmm. kind of being held back by Jameis Winston mistakes. I think that's yeah. what because they, they were already one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, you know, fantastic offensive line. The thirty for thirty from Jameis Winston. Yeah, the thirty for thirty for Jameis Winston. 
What a guy. 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. I remember what a, it. What a guy. <laughs> what a guy. Unfortunately, he didn't really succeed in Saints so far, and we know that he's not going to be the guy for the Saints. It's really I just they, 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 they got to the implode. Writing, yeah, the writing's on the wall at that point for them, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but anywho, like with Tom Brady, again, that it does shake up the QB market in a sense, too, because now Bucks don't have a quarterback. Um, I'm not sure how, yeah, they don't really have a high first round pick. So I don't, you never know. Like, I know like Derek Carr has been on the lookout, but I haven't heard anything about Derek Carr going over there. But again, that's a, that's a, that's a hole to fill over there in the bucks. Um, mm-hmm. if they can fill it, not sure how, uh, they may even pull like a late QB in the, in the draft or something. And then just say like, Hey, this is your team now or something. Who knows? Do you think they might trade up? I don't know if they have the capital to, and I don't think they should, knowing that they just lost like their quarterback. I think they, especially and especially that they have a lot of money in their receivers and stuff, which I don't think they're going to be able to keep that team as it is. I would rather just save your picks and start like either getting another receiver to bring up behind, uh, uh, who was it? Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and I forgot who was there. Uh, not Julio Jones because I, I haven't heard anything about Julio Jones retiring or anything like that yet. No, I think he. Still... I think I think Julio Jones retired, didn't he? I didn't see any. I didn't see a headline for that. I've only seen AJ Green retire. Oh, so okay. Far. Yeah. So unless like Julio Jones just comes out and retires too, which I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, the man like TB12 got seven, you know, seven Super Bowl wins, lost three of them. He's a all-time leader in passing yards with eighty-nine thousand two hundred fourteen yards and six hundred forty-nine touchdowns. And mm. uh, I got some stats here. Just from like when you say early pats, late pats, they're not, and bucks. They're not <laughs> called stats. They're called Adam Fun Facts. Drop oh, some yeah. Adam Fun Facts on me. Uh, here's some fun facts for you. So from 2000 to 2011, his first chunk, he went 140 for four, uh, 140 wins and 41 losses. He passed for over 45,000 yards through 338 touchdowns, won 16 playoff games, three were Super Bowls. From 2012 to 2021, he was 138 for 44. Uh, and win losses passed for over 52,000 yards uh, through 372. Uh, yeah, through he threw 372 touchdowns, won 19 playoff games, while four were Super Bowls. He's also a 15 a 15 time Pro Bowler. Obviously, he's going to be a like a Hall of Famer. Like that's, they might name the damn trophy after him. <laughs> ah man, if they do that, I'm I'm tight. If they do that, like I don't really like the man like personally, but I have to respect his game and what he did. Because at the very least, he played 23 years. And honestly, we've seen his life from a young man all the way up to like his post midlife crisis. And I'm not and I'm and I'm really not joking here. We literally watched his midlife crisis happen live and stuff like that. We've all seen the gaunt faced look and all that type of stuff, especially the divorce and stuff like that. Even Giselle was like on Instagram saying, hope you have a good time and da, 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 da. And I'm like, dang, she gave an HR response to this man, like to his retirement. So, I mean, it's just a, it's, that's just like the the big thing that we have here with uh, Tom Brady. Yeah, man, it's been a hell of a career for him. A lot of people don't know is that uh, he kind of birthed the Legion of Boom, you know, before they were the, uh, the before they were the, uh, what do you call them? The, the swag tag group of that, that they were. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it started the year before we kind of started getting good. It might have been Richard Sherman's like rookie year. You know, the Patriots were playing uh, Seahawks at CenturyLink, which was Cent- was it, wasn't it not the same year we went to the Super Bowl? No, nope. well, might have because mm, it wasn't that. It was either his because we went in Sherman's third year. I think we were. It was either his rookie or uh, sophomore season 
I think it was so sophomore season because he's been there for a minute. It wasn't rookie year, I don't think. Yeah, because rookie year, I don't think we went to the playoffs. But no, and then his sophomore year wasn't the year. It was either 2014 or 15. Uh, well, 14 is when we won. But anyway, yeah. Uh, you know, this was early in their career. But you know, uh, during that game, Tom went up to that team, and uh, you know, Tom went up to like Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman. They'll be scheming, talking like uh, formations and stuff like that. And Tom would go up to them. He'd be like. Who the hell even are you guys? Like, where do you guys even come from? And, you know, trying to talk trash and all that stuff. And then, you know, when he didn't realize what kind of can he was opening, and then the defense came out and they just kind of smacked it around and then came down to, uh, I think the, the, the def- it, it was basically the defense won them that game. And Tom Brady was walking off the field and Sherm chased after him saying, you mad, bro? <laughs> That's where oh, that man, whole that thing was... started. Oh, that was actually, uh, let me think. I think it was 2013. Uh, 2013 is, I think, when we yeah, yeah. 2013. No, 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 no. 14. It was 2014, I think. Because yeah, I don't know what it is, but it doesn't matter. But it was, you know, before they won the Super Bowl, it was probably it was probably like the year we played like the the Falcons in the in the playoffs or something it was, like it that. Was, it was actual Super Bowl, I, I thought. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, it's uh, it's kind of funny that that's like the, the it was like that moment where like the defense kind of gained an identity and it kind of came from Tom Brady, but then, you know, they also took his soul, <laughs> took our soul, but yeah, nobody yeah, likes man. talking about that. Everyone's always going to bring up that moment as a Seahawks. That's one of our moments that it's always going to be remembered, unfortunately, but it is what it is. Everyone got something. Yeah, for sure. So uh, next up we have uh, some other hires that happened. So for instance, we got C. Wilkes. He was hired as the DC of the 49ers and Ejiro Evero, the former Broncos DC joins Frank Wright. In uh, Carolina as DC, and I'm just kind of like with like, well, Edgy Row for Carolina. That's a good one. I th- I think I think yeah, I think that's a good one for uh, Carolina in terms of the defensive coordinator position. Steve Wilkes, I uh, for DC for the for, uh, for defensive coordinator for the 49ers. I'm not sure how that's going to work out, but I think solid enough to like you know keep the defense uh, running as it, it always has been with the pieces that they still have. Or they might they might lose. It depends on how those contracts are shaking out. But I'm not too privy to 49ers contracts at the moment. Yeah, I'm not sure. Actually, I just, uh, by the way, I just looked it up on the side because I was kind of curious. It was 2012. 2012. So, okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Was, and so yeah, with Steve Wilkes, you know, I, I'm I I really wish he would have stayed on as head coach at the Panthers. I feel like he earned that job. You know, with just how much that team t- turned around and kind of rallied around this identity he tried to put in place. You know, they traded a. They fired Matt Rule. They traded away their best player. Yeah. And they go out and play like, you know, five times better than they were before. Like, you know, that's pretty wild. But I think the 49ers are getting a good defensive mind to continue the ship, like you were saying. They got a lot of talent on that team. And, you know, they're the last two defensive coordinators that were uh, for the 49ers went out and got a head coach job. So who's to say that, you know, in a couple of years' time that Steve Wilkes won't go out and do the same? I'm not sure how old Steve Wilkes is, but, you know, it's probably – like 50s or 60s, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. But yeah, Frank Reich, the only thing about Frank Reich is just, again, you know, will he be a good head coach for Carolina? We'll see because, like, you know, he got let go in the middle of the Colts season. So is it was it really his fault? Was it yeah. the Colts, you know, the Colts franchise's fault for how that season was going to go? Who knows? But yeah, and I think Ajiro uh, Averro is going to go into a good situation, like you were saying, too. Because, you know, the Panthers have pieces, you know, J.C. Horn, Brian Burns, other mm-hmm. players. They have – it's not like they're a who's who of defense. But, um, you know, they, with that being said, you know, if they can continue playing like the the running style of football that they were playing, 
Um, it's just funny because I forgot to mention this last week because uh, during Frank Reich's first press conference as the Carolina head coach, he's mm-hmm. like he said he's looking to establish stability at the quarterback position. And I'm Ooh. thinking, I'm thinking. Well, I mean, he's not wrong because yeah. Sam Darnold is not your Sam Darnold is not a franchise QB. Period. Yeah, he's too hit or miss to 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 be long term yeah, solution. He's not, he's not my. He's not. He wouldn't be my franchise if I were to inherit a team and I had Sam Darnold on it. You can be a backup, but you're not going to be the starter. I'm about to go and get. They have they have a high enough pick to go get a quarterback. They're going to go get a quarterback. Yeah. Now, if they're going to jump up or not, who knows? Yeah, that's a, that. That'll be the the question because they're kind of right now as things stand, they're in the middle of the draft, right? Because they had a. Probably, a, I think they had like a what what was an eight nine record type of thing. Yeah, seven. so they they were like one of those solid teams that kind of finished like below, right below five hundred, and um, they have a good core to build off of or at least to work on. So, I mean, we'll see what they do with that number nine. I think it's number nine pick overall they have. So they, it's high enough to get leftover. I would I would quote unquote leftover QB because every every quarterback out in the draft. Um, <clears throat> excuse me they every quarterback in the draft has like a chance um you don't know we don't know again we said this last week we don't know if bryce young is going to be the guy um sometimes a qb takes a couple like honestly you're supposed to give a qb like uh within four years like i'll say three if you want to have like an optimum amount of like to see if that's your guy or not like just how it hurts it took him some time to get to where he is no matter when you take them so I mean, hey, they could probably try with the Florida, the Florida quarterback, if he's down there low enough. Because Will Levis has kind of been going up higher in the draft and the mock drafts lately. So, you know, we'll see on that one. But uh, I mean, the Colts are liking uh, Will Levis right now, just because I think the owner knows him or something like that. Or it was like there's like a connection basically with Will Levis and the Colts. So, yeah, we'll you know, see actually, what that's, that's actually a good segue. This is for the the question I had earlier, but I didn't want to interrupt you at that time. But yeah, yeah. so Colts. I haven't heard jack shit about any of their coaching head, head like head coaching hunts. No interviews, nothing. Like I, 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 I mean, I don't know if that's just me being ignorant, but what the fuck is going on with there? Are they riding the Jeff Saturday train? I don't, I don't know because I haven't heard anything. Um, I think it was like for a good bit you you heard all the head coaching spots that are open, but obviously the Super Bowl is one thing. Right after the Super Bowl, they're going to talk about who's left over and stuff like that. I don't know what the Colts are doing. I mean that's a, a that's the alarming thing. I mean, yeah, okay, you can say that maybe they're interviewing uh, current coordinators that are in the Super Bowl right now, and so they can't disclose that kind of thing as like a distraction or whatever. Because like I we know, like doubt De- that. I highly doubt. Because like we so didn't know that D'Amico Ry- did we? We didn't really know that D'Amico Ryan's was interviewing for the Houston job until he actually got the Houston job. And so um, I thought I saw him as a candidate. He was definitely a head coaching candidate. They just didn't say every single one. It's just up to whoever they were talking to, whoever the person was like their informant or whatever to let them know who he's a candidate for. Like, but you're right. We don't know like who's, who's up for that spot. Right. Cause even the car, uh, who, who decides who a candidate is, right. It's just anybody that's just out there say, trying to make a headline. will say, you know, they'll just name off the top coordinators. Like obviously like uh, both of Philly's coordinators are always going to be on everybody's candidate list. Mm-hmm. People are saying like, obviously D'Amico Ryan's after how good the, the, um, 49ers defense is they're gonna he's gonna be on everybody's candidate list so yeah. who comes up with that candidate list is the question but the, the media the alarming- a mix of the media and then the franchises probably have like their own list unless they announce like hey you know everyone this is our because sometimes they actually announce who's final candidates and stuff like we, the arizona is the only other head coaching job that's open and we know when people are being interviewed there and that's the wild thing mm-hmm. so unless unless the colts are exclusively interviewing 
Super the Bowl. Colts are a dumpster. They're a dumpster fire right now. So, uh, so yeah, you know, the owner literally pulled like a random player, an old retired player who was coaching somewhere else, and said, "Yeah, you're the you're the head coach." So I, I'm not surprised if they're not trying to um put news out there. They're probably just not trying to have that much fire on them because they already had enough fire on them for the whole season. Yeah, dude, that's like that, that. That's what I'm trying to get at is that like if they're not even interviewing people right now, they're just gonna ride the Jeb Saturday train. If or you know that's. I thought Jeff, they, you know, they, they actually, I do remember they were saying they, they were interviewing Jeff Saturday or something like that. That was like early, early, early head coaching talks, but I don't think he's in line to be the head coach again. He was just, he was just the interim one. So yeah, I mean, if you're head coach at that, cause like, you know, all, a lot of these good candidates are getting, they're getting taken off the board, you know, even like young, young coaching minds, like, you know, we talked about Cullen Moore and how, you know, we, there's a lot of respect for him mm-hmm. as a um, young offensive mind didn't wasn't was unemployed for less than 24 hours before he, he got the chargers job <laughs> right um and so you know the the colts are setting themselves up unless they unless there's a lot of things being pulled in the background which usually there's it's hard keeping secrets in the nfl you know unless there's a lot of strings being pulled in the background um you know they're they're looking like they're setting up themselves for a jeff saturday season yeah yeah pretty much so i mean it's it's just up in there. It's it's whatever they want to do. I just I feel like their window closed and they're just going to be in rebuild mode, especially when they have to go and get another quarterback. And it's stuff, a, it's so. a damn shame too because they had some ball hog, ball players on that defense. Well, yeah, they still they, do. They, they still do, and they still got Jonathan Taylor at running back. But then like this past season, it was just and it happens after like a running back has like a big season. Sometimes there's a drop in performance. Besides like oh, can he maintain the performance? Which that's actually more unlikely. But at the same time, I think age is starting to get to him a little bit i don't know he's not just that the, old just the like, touches and stuff yeah it was just the amount of touches happens. he had but demarco you know if we, if we all remember demarco murray from like, the cowboys and stuff like that i don't it's not that bad to where like you know he's he's falling off that much but they just they rarely used him like that this year even like people like field the eights and stuff was like are they not gonna just you like jonathan taylor you have a running back and then like there was games where taylor would have a game but then like it wasn't just consistent so yeah, and that's all. That's all I was trying to to ask you about the Colts because that's I think that's just been like one of the the weirdest situations. Even when nothing is going they can, on, they can be a dumpster fire for all I care at this point. That's just yeah, not fun being a Colts fan right now. Oh yeah, definitely not fun. Um, especially for Pat McAfee. <laughs> yeah, you gotta just work what you got. Um, so another big defensive coordinator hire was Brian Flores for Beef the Vikings. <laughs> yeah, and. uh I think I personally, I believe that was a great hire for the Vikings because they that's basically what they were missing in their team was having a good, coherent defense that wasn't giving up alongside their offense being amazing because their offense was amazing this year. It's just that their defense um, was basically what held them back. And yeah, they, sure. they always say defense wins championships. So, yeah. And, you know, we, we know how many one score less than one score games they, or, you know, one score or less games that they've won. You know, it's not sustainable for a team, and a lot of that comes down to like defense, maybe not pulling up their side of the bargain. With so, getting Brian Flores in, I have a lot of respect for him. You know, uh, for me, I think that you know, thank goodness he didn't get black booked because we know how much of a dictatorship mafia the NFL inside like ownership can be. And so, you know, he's got that open lawsuit. I don't know if it's been, I don't know the progress on it. You know, that just goes for all to we show. Know, there was like some some silent settlement for all we know, because I, I haven't yeah. really dug deep into it as of right now. But that is, 
you know, whatever happens to that lawsuit, right? So we'll, yeah, and so the fact that the there is no media coverage on it kind of goes to show the power of the NFL, right? Uh, <laughs> and so you know, I'm just glad that he's out there coaching again. Big fan of him when he was at Miami because that defense was balling out when he was there with guys like Xavier Howard and those guys. Mm-hmm. And, and now so, he can focus. Now he can focus on defense because I mean, I don't know what happened when he was head coach. There was a lot of stuff. So it's like. I wish he had like another season just to see if it, you know, to prove if it was a fluke or not. But regardless, I think he'll have another chance at head coaching someday. He's still he's still young in his career and stuff. So he'll if he gets the opportunity to establish his name on a third and create a third elite defense. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously the the Patriots defense can become can come down to a multitude of things. But Miami defense, you know, he pretty much architected that. If he comes to the Chiefs or the um, Vikings and does the same thing with you know, the pieces they have, because they got guys like Zadarius Smith and, you know, um, all the other pieces that they've had, you know, still yeah. in, in their room. So they, they have an opportunity to to really uh, run the table on their defense. So if he does that again, you know, he'll probably be on the short list for candidates next year for head coaching jobs. No, that'll be a one-year tur- turn- uh, turnover right there. I think he might stay for like a couple years with the Vikings, but who knows? Um, yeah. Uh, hope it depends yeah like you said like you know it just depends on how they do next season if they actually have a you know a fire offense again if kirk is still there i, I don't know if it was his contract year or not but um if they can just keep that offense up and then the defense just improves i mean we'll see what happens yeah for sure um next up brian shoddy or brian schottenheimer um for uh, seahawks fans out there listening in you we all remember him <laughs> yeah. but uh, he was hired as offensive coordinator for the cowboys um and that's uh, oh, and then a, a little extra little bit is that Titans elevate Tim Kelly to offensive coordinator, so they filled in their spot, by the way. But um, for the Cowboys, though, um, for me, sure, yeah. <laughs> sure, lo, 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 lo. not good, but uh, like just really, I'm just laughing out loud on this one because like it's um, I'm not like like we're not, not saying great. he's, he's not, not great, he's not bad. I mean, no one is arguing he's that he's bad, and that's he's, what the he, Cowboys are. And yeah, but. You know that they they fire Kellen Moore and then they go ahead with Brian Schottenheimer. Like, you know, I I you know he's had his fair share of boneheaded calls. You know, we all remember the the wild card game against the against the Cowboys where it was like fourth and twenty and he calls like a drop a running back draw or something like that. No, was it a running back draw or was it like a um was it a screen? Because I remember we did. Oh, it might have been a screen. It might have been a short screen or something like that on fourth and 20. And, you know, everybody was like, what the fuck are you doing? Maybe that's why the Cowboys hired him, because they gifted him a playoff win, which is very hard for them to come by. Right. But I don't know. For me, like, hey, Cowboys fans, this is just straight for y'all. You're going to be disappointed. I'm just going to let you know you're going to be middling. You're going to be very disappointed and pissed. And, you know, with y'all's contract, you know, you got those those people on the team that I said, you know, Dak, you got Demarcus or D-Law. Demarcus Lawrence and you got Zeke and others that are taking up a lot of cap space. Good luck. I'm just, all yeah, it's good luck. And you know, with it, this, this all just looks like a hire for a coach that looks like he's going to be fired next year. Like, it'll be being the honest. scapegoat because you know they got to keep protecting their head coach, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, because McCarthy ain't a bad coach. Yeah, yeah, it ain't McCarthy's fault. But you know, we we know like. Let's be fair, like, you know, Brian Schottenheimer during those let let, uh, let Russ cook years, you know, before Shane Waldron, mm-hmm. he, he did allow Russ to to cook for a good amount of time. You know, he and, you know, there is something to say when he has to work when you have to work with Russ and 
still put up high numbers, you know, at least for half a season. We always have that half season. But the whole thing with the Seahawks offense around that time was also like, apparently it was like Pete, you know, trying to butt in and then Brian Schottenheimer with his thing, Russ wanted another. And so it was a three pronged war for how the offense should be. And technically it got to the point where it feels like Pete, I'm not saying he hasn't, you know, helped call any offensive plays, but it feels like he kind of like let the reins go for Shane Waldron to do what they need to do, especially early again, like we say that that's first like eight or nine games in the season. And then they kind of went more conservative, but regardless of the matter. Um, yeah, but either way, um, Cowboys fans, I got nothing to say on that one. <laughs> uh, Titans fans, at least you have an offen- a, a decent offensive coordinator in Tim Kelly, you know, straight from the team. So hopefully uh, your team cannot be uh, what's the, What's the what's the phrase like a um, like a one trick pony, I guess, because you can't just always rely on the run. I know the run has helped y'all or y'all had a lot of yards with, you know, with the king, King Henry himself. But at the same time, it, it's, it's especially when uh, Ryan Tannehill goes down, it's like nothing. <laughs> yeah. And you, you kind of have to uh, hope that Malik Willis develops a little bit. And, and you know, if. If Malik Willis comes out and balls next year, maybe that can be attributed to Tim Kelly. Side note, when you when you wrote Tim Kelly, I read it as Jim Kelly. And I was like, why is why is Jim Kelly and coming back from <laughs> for, for those of you who don't know, Jim Kelly, quarterback for the Buffalo Bills with those four four uh, four straight Super Bowl losses. So I was like, why was he coming? Why is he coming back to be an offensive coordinator? For no but reason. For <laughs> Just no reason. For shits and giggles, if you for were. shits and giggles. But now Tim Kelly inside he's, he's, they it's something that you would expect for someone that's out of the Belichick tree to hire from within and, you know, bring his kind of guy in. Yep. So uh, unless you have anything else to say on this, on these two hires here. Nope. Uh, let's right. go next one. Yeah. So we got um, final, well, not final story, but uh, one of the last two stories, this one is over AJ green. The man himself uh, is retired from the NFL. He had about, I think it was a 13 year or 12, 12 or 13 year career, seven pro bowls. He was drafted, you know, in the first round fourth overall pick by the Bengals. Uh, some fun facts. He had over 727 receptions for 10,514 yards and 70 touchdowns. He had a thousand yard seasons from 2011 to 2015 for that's when pretty much everyone knew about AJ green around that point or that period of time. And I think he also had a good, uh, not 2016, I think it was a 2017 season. But like later in his career, that's when like the end, I wouldn't say that I mean, age is one thing, but it was definitely like injuries and stuff that kind of derailed his career because he couldn't stay healthy in his last like three or four seasons. If And if I remember correctly, 2019, he didn't play at all. That was kind of like the year he needed to just kind of get his body right. And then I, even after that, he's, he was only playing like half of the games, like nine or 10 games at a time. Uh, it wasn't even, season. I wouldn't even say, I, I'd have to double check this, but I think he's had injury problems like intermingle throughout his career. Not early, not the early few years where he made a, a huge name for himself, but he kind of had this reputation of, because I had him on my fantasy team for like two years straight. And at least half the season, it, it felt after, like after the 2015 season, that's when I think he got like a major injury that 2016 because his like you can actually even see like he didn't go for a thousand yards. And I don't think he started yeah. every game. It was in that 2016 season um, that it happened. But yeah, oh man. yeah, I mean, we, we all we all know the quarterback or we all know the wide receiver he was leading up to that. And mm-hmm. it's like one of those things where we're like, man, what could have been? Because, you know, he had all the he had all the qualities to be one of those all time receivers. It's just injuries took their toll. Right. But yeah, I mean, he's going to retire. You got a family, um, you know, do your thing, man. Uh, it also just reminded me like one little bit when he was with the cart, like uh, his because he was with the Cardinals uh, his last, what, three years, I believe. And there was a game where 
uh, basically every year, like they had him or every year, I think we, since he was on the team with the Cardinals, Cardinals would just implode on themselves. Like by the end of the year, they'll, they'll be hot in the beginning. Then they'll be like cold towards the end. And I still remember that one play where Kyler, it was like a game where they needed a touchdown and Kyler threw the ball to AJ Green and AJ Green was still running forward and he didn't turn around. So as he turned around, the ball flew past him and stuff like that. And he looked yeah, back at Kyler that. like, wait, what? And then Kyler was just like pissed. Like I remember oh, yeah. that particular play. And I was just like, Oh yeah, that's just not looking good for you, buddy. Like, man, like this it was just one of those things. I don't know if it was IQ, if it was on him, but man, that I, was- I just think it's just not being on the same page. You know, we've seen it happen time and time again with great quarterback right. and wide receiver relationships. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I have left to say is just like, do you think he's a Hoffer in your opinion or just the, uh, you know, retired in and that's it. He was, he was a good solid receiver. Uh, For me, probably retired, good solid receiver. I don't think he's going to be a hall of famer to be fair. No disrespect to him, but you know, he hasn't, hit the milestones that a lot of Hoff, uh, hall of fame receivers have have hit in recent years mm, i mean it depends I, I personally think he might even get maybe i don't know if he'll actually become a hoffer he may end up on a list of some sort you know how they always do it every five years or so but yeah because i've we've i've definitely seen some players that got into the hoffer and it's just like oh okay, <laughs> okay. yeah but yeah um, <laughs> it feels like that kind of award is like a you know, the, the Hall of Fame award or being inducted into the Hall of Fame has kind of lost its shine for a lot of people because it just feels like, you know, any great quarter, like any middling quarterback, even when they retire, they're like, oh, he's going to go in the, in the Hall of Fame one day. And it just feels like it, it's lost its prestige, I would say, you know, something uh, that has to be earned. And so Ooh. maybe he gets maybe gets on like a ballot and maybe he'll get some votes. You know, for me, I probably wouldn't put him in the Hall of Fame, but who knows down the line what will happen is a. Uh... Oh, hold up. Let me do this real quick search because I just want to know. Um, did do you think uh so I'll just say this. Do you think Tony Romo would be a Hall of Famer? No. Even though like a lot of people were saying he was gonna be in the Hall of Fame just because he had all those accolades and stuff in the Cowboys, but no What accolades? Rolling. Like he uh, he didn't even have a conference championship win. No, no, no. Accolades as in like franchise records and stuff like that. He does he has some franchise records unless Oh had, yeah, for with the Cowboys. Took, yeah, for the Cowboys. But it's just I've heard a lot of people saying he was gonna be a Hoffer too, and I'm just like, There's no Super Bowl. <laughs> There's no Super uh, Bowl. You don't have no. to have a Super Bowl. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald deserves to be a Hall of Famer, no doubt. But um you know, I, I wouldn't say Tony Romo is in that same category. You know, the Super Bowl does, helps your Hall of Fame re- resume, but you don't need to have a Super Bowl to be a Hall of Famer. That's true. And, That's true. and you know, uh, Tony Romo doesn't have a, a Super Bowl. You know, that he I'll doesn't mean he can't be a Hall of Famer. Some of the older players like, you know, Shannon Sharp, Deion Sanders and all them, they were saying like, nah, they've just been letting people into the Hoffers. Like, they were, they were, they were kind of saying like, you need at least a Super Bowl to be well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go as far as say that because then I don't, you wouldn't have uh, – like Larry Fitzgerald is like the the example that I keep going to because he's probably had one of the one of the best wide receiver careers you know in history. Never had a Super Bowl. He's been to one, but he hasn't won one. And so, do you not put Larry Fitzgerald in the Hall of Fame because he hasn't won a Super but Bowl? Why is it because of like so with Larry Fitzgerald is it also just because he got accolades with uh, I guess NFL records if not um, franchise records because he got franchise record. And I think. I don't know if he's still holding on to an NFL record at this moment. I think time. I think he's still got NFL records. Like which and one? So, uh, I think it has to go with like the biggest one I can that comes to mind is drop passes. I don't think he didn't he's he hasn't like dropped a pass and or he went like 
the majority of his career without dropping a pass. So that like would make you a hopper because he didn't drop a pass. Well, that to go along with all the receptions, re- receiving touchdowns and receiving yeah. yards. Well, I'm saying well. we got Jerry. Well, Jerry Rice is already in the Hall of Fame, but like you know, I because I look at those. Jerry Rice. That's too. not a fair example. That's the extreme. That's like saying Tom Brady's going to be in the NFL <laughs> or in the <laughs> Hall of Fame. Right. So you're talking I mean, about the greatest wide receiver of yeah, all time, yeah. but we're not talking about the greatest quarterback of all time with Tony right. Romo. We're talking about middle of the pack at best. True. True. But yeah, it, um, I'm not saying I'm not going to say that AJ Green is a hoffer, but at the very least. You know, I'm glad he got a chance to retire now. He got his money. He can just kind of like scope, you know, kind of coast out and do whatever he wants to do post football. So, yeah, I mean, he he's he's not he's walk. I mean, I, I want to say he's walking away whole, but, you know, he's had all those injuries in his past, but he's getting the opportunity to walk away. And, yeah. you know, with that, he he can focus on his family, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, next, the last story I got here, or actually got another couple. I keep forgetting. But uh, one story we got is the Derek Carr watch. I kind of forgot to. um mention it but like he is obviously up for he can go and talk with teams i don't know if a team is going to trade for him or just wait till the raiders cut him i think people a lot of teams are going to try to wait for the raiders to cut him because right now teams would owe him like 40 plus million a year like uh, i think 30 something if not 40 something of it is guaranteed per year and stuff it's basically like starter qb money for the next three years if someone wants to trade for him so right now he's actually been approved to go and visit the saints which, like, honestly, that kind of makes sense, too, because Saints actually just need a dang quarterback. Like, stop the whole Taysom, Taysom Hill experiment. Maybe, at best, he's a gadget player. Uh, Jameis Winston isn't the truth for them. He had a he had a good stint, but Derek Carr would, would bring, I think, I think Derek Carr would actually bring a lot of stability to the Saints, although the Saints are hitting cap issues so their teams are their team they're definitely gonna be letting people go like michael thomas and all they're about to go camp yeah cap issues is they're saying cap issues is putting it lightly what was the number that you told me earlier um the saints is well if he were to go to the saints i don't that's what i'm saying i don't even think it's gonna work with the saints because like with what money because they're 60 million above the cap right now yep <laughs> so like they literally have to like cut players or somehow they can do some cap magic but there's only so much cap magic you can do, but I haven't, I haven't, I'm not surprised that they find some way to make it work. Cap magic is like, we know we talk about cap magic all the time, but all it is is taking money that players are owed today and make paying them tomorrow. So um, that's probably cap magic is probably how they ended up in this predicament to begin with. Yeah. Cause at this point, I don't know. They're just broke. Like they're actually like in terms of spending money, they're broke. So I don't, I don't know what's going to happen unless they have some void contracts or something like that. That's what I'm saying. Like all these void contracts paying up front to like open up some cap space later and all this other stuff. They can only do so much, but they're 60 million over the cap. So, which is ridiculous. I ain't seen something like that in a long time. Yeah. Their pockets are abysmal right now. Just terrible. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the Derek Carr kind of had a day at the, uh, the Pro Bowl or, you know, he was there, he was doing the QB drills. And the only thing, uh, I had to note about it was that he had like that funny moment with Ryan Clark where Ryan Clark was like saying that after the quarterback skills challenge, have you ever been this hot in Vegas? Derek Carr said probably not which is why I'm not which is why I'm going somewhere else <laughs> that what a man right yeah <laughs> he's a man's man and with that answer just like yeah I mean because he is going to go somewhere else because yeah. they're just trying to read they're basically redoing the team at this point so they're rebuilding they're retooling I don't know who they're going to all keep because this is the year where every one of those first round picks they got their um they didn't they didn't keep their fifth their fifth year choices around. So it's really just a, who are they going to keep, you know, cause Josh Jacobs is a free agent um, and among some other players, but obviously Devonte Adams is still there. He's, con- he's, he's under contract. And I think 
Um, Darren uh, Waller too is also on contract still too, but we'll see. Yeah, and you know if you're Devonte Adams, I feel for the guy, but hopefully he can get some quarterback to because you know he's one of those guys that can go down as an all-time great too. So hopefully he gets someone to come in and feed him the ball. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think you also had a story you wanted to bring up. This is kind of just like a this is kind of just like a what do you call it water cooler topic, but I think it was today or yesterday. Antonio Brown came out said he has CET or fuck. CTE (laughs) (laughs) and that James Harrison gave it to him. I mean, like I, okay. One congratulations. We knew you had it. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else you want us to say, especially with all his antics over the years, but then coming out and trying to just put blame on a player for it. It's like, you can do better. But then at the same time, his, I personally just think he needs a little bit of help. Yeah. And I mean, you know, when he came out and said, I don't know, I didn't quite understand it or maybe, the tone of it, you know, I think he was being serious. And it wasn't, you know, something that he was saying lightly. But, you know, come out and say James Harrison did it, you know, because uh, even James Harrison kind of came back and he said he because uh, he's kind of got this reputation of being kind of a, a, a meme lord, if you will, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, woke up to find out this is the reason why I had 150 unread text messages. And it was because that story had come out. And, you when know, did, when did he ever wait? When were they on like the opposite fields of each other? Because James Harris. So it was practice that he got CTE from because we all thought it was that game with the Bengals. Where yeah, I, I, where Vontae is perfect. Ended his, ended his soul. Right I there. personally think that's where it was. And he's just not really thinking clearly because I don't know how it was James Harrison. I mean, yeah, like, they even tell you not to crack your own boys during like practice. Yeah. So for all I mean, we know, I mean, <laughs> they, you don't, even... don't let stuff like that slide. When you practice, I mean, you usually don't like full pad practice isn't really much of a thing anymore because, you know, you're just running through, you know, I mean, your, back in the your day, drills. Yeah, back in the day, it was, though, because Mike Tom has been on this team for 15 plus years. So, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Um, and so, you know, especially with a guy like James Harrison, because he used to call him. What do you used to call him? Dabo from uh, next Friday? Oh, or, Debo, yeah. Or Debo. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Debo there. So but that man. Yeah. That man's just literally like a workout machine right there. Cause oh my gosh, that man was doing a lot. And even post football, he was still like doing, he was still doing stuff like in terms of like the, uh, the powerlifting kind of thing. So I don't know. I, I call foul on this one. Of course it's Antonio Brown. You really can't, you really can't unfortunately take anything. He almost, he says seriously. Yeah. He has CTE. I'm, I'm going to take that seriously. We know that is he getting help for it or not? Cause that's, that's the, the question. Issue. Yeah. That is the big question. But I mean, other than that, I mean, let's, I would rather just move on to the Super Bowl Cause that's just, that's just, that's low. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't even come out and say he had CTE, right? <laughs> that's what you it was. have to add something on it because like, well, it was that player's fault. Oh, okay. Not the, not the one play everyone was saying it was for years on end right now. Good luck with that one, buddy. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk Super Bowl. Super Bowl, Super Bowl. So we got your two teams. You got your Eagles and your Chiefs. Um, I don't know. Take a minute. Yeah, let's take a minute and just like talk about like the 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 story, some storybook moments around that on the the Super Bowl, right? Because that's what they're trying to. That's what the script has been written. That you know, that's why they. (laughs) That's why the 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 refs uh, gave Chiefs the win last week. Of course. So you know, we what do we got going with the Eagles and the and the Chiefs? We got Andy Reid's return to Philly. That's true. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be something right there, right? Um, wow. Who would have thought this was going to happen at the at the end of the season? Um, that's cool. I mean, like Andy Reid's been his own man. Yeah, he turned that he turned Casey into the juggernaut they are today. They they made uh, 
they drafted Mahomes and they paid him handsomely after that first Super Bowl win, but they put they set up that deal to where like for the next decade they can always kind of put players around Mahomes because you at the time everyone was like, wow, you're just gonna go broke with Mahomes, but it's like you. You're talking about today's you money. You're talking at the time, yeah. You're talking about today's money, but over time, that cap is going to be so less at every. There's going to be quarterbacks out there that will get paid more than what Mahomes is because oh, for sure, easily his half a billion dollar deal isn't really uh, fully guaranteed. Granted, he'll get it if he were to go to like multiple Super Bowls and stuff like that, right? But they can that contract is really like a three to like a three or four year contract, and they could easily get out of it. It's one of those things that they if they really wanted to get out of the Mahomes. They're not like they're not trapped in like the weeds with them, though, either. Yeah. And, you know, Andy Reid, I don't think he left Philly on bad terms. I think it was just kind of like a mutual parting type of thing. Like, you know, we had a good run. But on the other, I mean, he's he's turned like you said, he's turned Chiefs into the juggernaut they are today. But Nick Sirianni is coming in uh, in his first Super Bowl as a head coach. You know, a guy that a guy that kind of struggled last year. Uh, I was critical of him. You know, this year he, he he's kind of embodied that Philly persona where he's like that up in your face, you know, flip mm-hmm. you off type of type of guy. You know, it's kind of like a, a tale of like two different football cultures, if you want. Right. Yeah. I mean, for a Nick, I'm just, Hey, you're, you're take it all Super in, Bowl. take it all in. It's your first Super Bowl. Uh, I don't think he's going to like panic or anything like that. You still got a lot of experience um, with the Eagles still on their, on their roster. So you know, at the end of the day, I think he's gonna he's gonna have a good one. This is gonna be one of many for him. Yeah, so. and you know, for a lot of them, there this is like I mean, there's only five players on that Eagles team that are returning to the Super Bowl from that yeah. previous Super Bowl winning team. That's Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, uh, Jake Elliott, Brandon Graham, and of course Jason Kelsey. Yeah, and then of so, course, speaking of Kelsey, you got the Kelsey Bowl, right? Yeah, the the script writes itself sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, because uh, Kelsey, well, one Kelsey and them have a podcast um jason kelsey with his brother travis kelsey and uh they've had like both mahomes and they have hurts on that podcast throughout the year and now they're just having like we're gonna call it the kelsey ball at this point because come on yeah. now you know that's gonna be a big thing um kelsey's weight is, is is into that career of his and i don't know i like both of their personalities and all that good stuff but like man i just want someone else to win than than casey <laughs> yeah i think that's what it comes down to and right. you know, um, we were talking about this before too, and the fact that those five guys are on the super or from the our um, mm-hmm. carryover from the last Super Bowl team, it kind of goes down to like what you were talking about building out the Eagles team, right? Like you start yes. those they, they they started the fact that those four players, you know, excluding Jake Elliott, who's a kicker, mm-hmm. um, they they're deep in the trenches. You know, they they're like stalwarts there. Yeah, right? yeah, they they invested in that old line. They still kept it invested over time. They have made the choice to like get rid of Carson Wentz early, as early as they could. I think that was like the 2019 or 2020 season. From there, they got Jalen Hurts. Um, Jalen Hurts didn't have a good, you know, starting starting year or anything like that. But of course, they basically just like they hunkered down, they invested in him, and as you can see over the over the years, these past couple of years, they've been making trades and or acquirements from free agency or otherwise to get players around him. For instance. Uh, it was the last, uh, I think it was this, what, this past draft, they could have went for Traylon Burks, but then a lot of people were saying, well, Traylon Burks, you know, he, he really looks, he's really, he's like an AJ Brown. And then for them, they were just like, why get Traylon Burks when you can just trade for AJ Brown? right? (laughs) Because, you know, uh, the Titans weren't willing to pay for AJ Brown at the time. And this is what you, you get the young, this is what I talked about way earlier in, uh, 
earlier episodes of the podcast, you're going to get a lot more, a lot of GMs are going to start trading uh, more often. If you at least say like, what do you learn from every Super Bowl from the Rams Super Bowl? It taught everyone that you should probably use some of those first round picks, not all, but you should probably use a first round pick or maybe just make a trade, make a big trade. Cause like, we don't see a lot of those trades happen and we're starting to get those often now. Right. Even for like a lot of the, how the first round of this upcoming draft is shaking out. Some teams got a lot of teams got two. Um, some teams got like, like with us, like we made that trade with the Broncos. So now we have two picks. You got, I think it's the Eagles and I forgot who else has like a couple of picks up there, but regardless, you're going to get a lot of teams that are going to start copying this. They're definitely going to copy whatever the Eagles have done. Cause honestly, we were talking about like, what's the strength and weaknesses of each team. And we can actually say with the chiefs, I can actually say some weaknesses myself, but then like with the Eagles, it's like, they're just loaded. Like yeah. the the front seven, we'll just say front seven, especially with Hassan Reddick. Oh my gosh, amazing, right? Yeah, we, it, we might as well just talk about it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but really quick, you know, it's not even fair to say that like Philly sold it. It's uh, it's it, it, actually I'm not even going to say it's not fair. I'm going to say it's factually incorrect to say that Philly sold the kitchen sink so that they can, um, you know, acquire players like AJ Brown. Like they traded, they traded a first round pick to for AJ Brown to the Titans. Mm-hmm. But you know, you look at the you look at last year they traded their first round pick for two first round picks from uh, the saints so that they can draft Chris Olave. And then that first round pick from the saints that in this upcoming draft is a top 10 pick. Yep. Like that's, that's some, that's some like that galaxy brain. As, saints. That was stupid on the saints to like, all that was stupid on the saints, like but that's some galaxy, bra- that's some galaxy brain moves. If, the, if something comes, if something like that comes on your plate, which is why I'm always like, you know, maybe if something like that came on our plate, we can do something too, but it don't, it, it, it's like lightning strike in the same place twice. Right. Like, you know, they have, somebody has to be dumb enough to do it. And they also got, uh, who was it? They got what Darius Slayton. I believe, or is it? No, no. CJ no. Gardner Johnson, yeah, Gardner Johnson, and also uh, James Bradbury as well, right? Yeah, they these guys. And, vets. They, these guys who were kind of afterthoughts, right? Like mm-hmm. they kind of came in and they just kind of uh, they just flourished on in that Eagles defensive scheme. So they're actually using Hassan Reddick how he's supposed to be used as compared to when he was on the Cardinals and stuff, where he's basically on, like they have him. The Eagles have him on the line rather than having him in space. And oh boy, have you not seen him in the playoffs recently? <laughs> yeah. You know, we're, we're getting it. We're getting into the deep dives of each team. So let's just break it down. Let's start with uh, we're, we're going to go a little bit into each uh, each team with regards to like their strengths, weaknesses, you know, some key matchups mm-hmm. and some X factors to look out for. So, you know, starting with the strengths of each team, you know, we got to start on the high start with the Chiefs. What'd you get, what do you get? What do you see as the, the strengths of each of those teams? Mahomes, Kelsey. And the past Kelsey plus Mahomes, Mahomes plus Kelsey. <laughs> Basically, the Mahomes Kelsey factor is just the one thing, right? If you, yeah. you know, that's like that's their big strength. Mahomes himself, Kelsey, especially with Kelsey, because Kelsey has just oh my gosh, how many times have we seen a game where like Chiefs are out of the game, but the next thing you know, Kelsey does something big, eighty yards something here, or like a good thirty yard to set up a field goal there. So Mahomes Kelsey in that passing game, and I also include like the crazy plays or the creative plays they can even do even crazy plays in the red zone as well. So we're going to definitely see some like crazy red zone plays. I'm not going to say they're going to be frequent, but I, they're going to pull out all the stops. Oh all yeah, for sure. Super Bowl. Um, for the, yeah, for the ahead. chiefs, at least I would add on to, because obviously, you know, that's what everybody's going to say. You know, the Mahomes, Kelsey, Kelsey, Mahomes connection, you yep. know, that if you go, if like we were saying, uh, I think last week, if you could put a connection into a hall of fame, you know, that's probably one, an all time connection. Mm-hmm. Um, I would add to that the D-line for the for the Chiefs has been um subtly if not, you know, pretty good 
you know, as of late between Frank Clark and Chris Jones. You know, mm-hmm. Chris Jones kind of shook off this curse of never being able to get a playoff sack. Or, I think he had zero play, career playoff sacks or something crazy like that, even though he's been in the playoffs time in and time in again. Yeah. But, you know, the that D-line has a way of getting to the quarterback and, you know, getting sacks, especially with Frank Clark, who's just like a, a speed freak off the edge too. Yeah. And so, you know, that's kind of crucial when it comes down to, you know, this this time of the year for, for football teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, for me on the Chiefs, it's, it's mostly just focused around their offense. I would say they have improved that D-line with a couple of players, like you mentioned, Frank Clark and Chris Jones. So, I mean, they ha- they just got to be consistent and score, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it is. <laughs> just score more points than the other team. Yeah, Canal's ca- key to the game, score more points. <laughs> got to score more points than the other one. <laughs> that's for both teams, by the way. They got to score more than the other. <laughs> yeah, that's the key. What about the Eagles? Um, I'm going to say for them, Hurts and the Rush game. Because you have you combine with a, a quarterback that can run the ball with a team that had the top rushing attack. I think they had over 39 to, uh, rushing touchdowns which was more than I think it was like the Green Bay Packers from like years ago, which was like they had 37, if I remember correctly. So like this is like unprecedented, especially with like the quarterback is also like adding on to it. That That's a big one. They have a solid offense. <laughs> Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. OK. And they got yeah. a solid tight okay. end in Dallas, <laughs> Dallas Goddard as well. Yeah. And I think what's re- in the solid front seven. Oh, my gosh. Jordan Davis, <laughs> like Fletcher Cox. All and then like Linville, like was it Linville Joseph and all of them? Like, oh my god, they got the whole John Reddick, Brandon Graham, like they just everybody on that front seven is and they have depth Avante too. Maddox. Yeah, they have depth too, so they can always rotate people out and they can still be fresh and stuff, but like man, like that like, Oh yeah, you're right. You because they filled in with guys like Indomit and Sue and yes, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, they because they had that one loss. That one loss was I think it was either from the Russian game or something, and then the and then Nick Nick was basically just like, you know what? Never again. Let me go get uh, Linville Joseph and Nagamakan. No, you got to give credit where credit's due. That's Howie Roseman, man. That guy has been like GM of the decade with all the moves that he's been pulling. Yeah, they're just those were like the free agency pickups right there. And then finally, um, they have better like they have vets, like actual leaders, locker room and on the field on both offense and defense. Yeah, for me, I mean, like like you said, Eagles best rush attack in the league. You know, I was I was harping on. I harp on about how it's important it is to run the damn ball, but oh, <laughs> they have a passing game with Jalen Hurd, Devontae Smith, AJ Brown that com- complements that rush attack so well. Like they, when, once they get that rush attack going, they got the play action and with the threat of Jalen Hurts on the, on the, on, with his legs and, you know, being able to throw the ball deep. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, it's just crazy. And, you know, we all know how good of a go ball he can throw to AJ Brown. That connection is been like documented time in and time again this season but on the defensive side of things like you said you know front seven they're five sacks away from getting like the most sacks in a season which you know you could throw an asterisk to because you know maybe they didn't because you know week 18 is or you know we have an 18 week season instead of 17 week but still it's a hard number to reach yeah and you know they're first in pressures and they don't really blitz all that often they just kind of generate pressure with um you know their or their standard formation (laughs) Yeah. yeah Oh man, that's it's it's just amazing like what the Eagles have done to where like holy crap like and they were like almost undefeated for the regular season just one game loss. And so. you know the, on the defense or on, also on the defense their secondary led the league in picks. So pick your <laughs> pick your poison really cuz it's you're not going to get a lot either yeah, way. Eagles, I'm telling you, defense can win championships and I think they're going to be key. Well, I mean, 
um, before we get old in terms of strength, they're going to be definitely be key. That defense, if you can hold off, hold like Mahomes off and cover Kelsey, like if I had to say choose one player on the the each of the offenses to cover, I would say for the Eagles, maybe watch out for Devontae Smith because that's a speed demon right there. And then because AJ Brown's like AJ Brown too, he's good too. But you got to pick one. I'll just say, I'll just say Devontae Smith for now. But for the Chiefs, just cover Kelsey, cover Kelsey, and then you worry about whoever other receivers are trying to step up and stuff like that. Of course, I would say MVS, but at the same time, I'm gonna keep it with Kelsey because that man has been a game changer for the Chiefs almost practically every game. I mean, that's a good transition into like looking at the weaknesses of each team, right? For me, yeah. like the Chiefs, you know, uh, you like you said. <laughs> who's in that receiver room, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, who's if who's going to stand out in that receiver room? You know, they brought in guys to replace the production of Tyreek Hill, like, you know, Kadarius Toney, you know, Juju, you know, Mikko mm-hmm. Hardman. He has been injured. He was already on the team. And, you know, MVS. And, you know, it's just – I don't think they had a single 1,000-yard receiver this season, which really? is wild oh, no. for, for, for the for the Patri- for the uh, Chiefs. I mean, I'll, I'll fact that I'll fact, fact check that in a second. But, you know – who can who can really step up in that receiver room? That's the big question. And then on the other side, on the uh, uh, on the other side of the play call sheet, you know, you got you you got to you don't really have any consistency in terms of like what kind of rushing attack you're gonna you're gonna get right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because and, who's the running back? Well, you know, we we know who the running back is, but like they just they it's like a complimentary run game, if you will. Like it's just like a little. It's like the it's another version of like the Bills run game. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's there. I mean, if they go off, it's nice, right? That's actually a great way of putting it because, you know, Isaiah Pacheco has had some good games. You know, Jarek McKinnon has, you know, gotten a lot of solid touchdowns and stuff like that. But in terms of, like, their utility, Jarek McKinnon kind of emulated a lot of what Austin Eckler was doing towards for, for the last season, right? Yeah. Not a lot of receptions, not a lot of yards, you know, good option when it comes to the red zone. Isaiah Pacheco is kind of emulating that Devin Singletary type of production, right? Oh, yeah. Where he 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 had certain games where he put up you know eighty ninety hundred plus yards, but for the most part, you know he's not the star of the show. Yeah, um, I, that's it's true. It's it's it, the offense is like it's only being upheld. Basically, it's it's kind of going against that thing of like don't do it. Like if you're trying to win it all by yourself, but like the Chiefs have found a way to have like a system with Mahomes to throw to like any receiver and kind of help them be successful. A loss somewhat to like Tom Brady in his earlier years. So, you know, it's it's if they can get that re- like the receiving attack open, I think they're they're definitely gonna get some touchdowns here and there. It's just a matter of consistency. Like if you you know if they can if they cool off and they don't get it going, because again, uh, the Bucks showed that if you keep the pressure up on Mahomes, they're not gonna win a, um, a Super Bowl. They lost a Super Bowl to the Bucks with that, right? A Bucks so. a Bucks team that I don't even think they, they if they blitzed, it was very infrequently, and right. you know. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because that is 100% the analogy, the the parallel that I'm seeing is that in terms of like, you know, units matching up, it's a lot like the Chiefs offense, uh, the Chiefs offense facing that Bucks defense all over again, because that's what the, uh, they've, Philly changed defense. The they've changed up their O-line a little bit since then, of course, obviously that, that was like, they knew that that was their weakness. So they've, they've put they had a lot of injuries to be fair too. We can't give, we can't take that away from them. The Chiefs O-line. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. And um, I, I I just mm-hmm. looked it up too. Juju was the closest one, and he had 933 yards receiving uh, in the regular season. Okay, yeah. So they, well, if anything, they they were spreading the ball around essentially because basically any receiver could could pop off at anybody any with game. hands. <laughs> basically, if you can catch and you can run fast down the field, you know, sure. 
Um, I, I'm just saying like the weaknesses I'm seeing is just they ride on that Mahomes Kelsey connection a little too much at times. You again, if you stop Kelsey, he's gonna have to rely on the receivers. And then like, I'm not saying you can cover double cover everyone on the field. You only have so many guys. So I would just say, watch out for Kelsey. Um, it's if you haven't heard Kelsey, of him, but if you also stop that connection, I think you can um, you can do a lot with that. So. Um, yeah, if you take out one, the team kind of crumbles. Like either one, the Mahomes, or you take out Kelsey, it kind of crumbles. But again, if the defense can get after uh, after the after Mahomes, that's like pretty much it. But I'll, I'm also going to say the other defense as a whole, somewhat, because their defense has been kind of sus this whole season. They've kind of tightened up for the playoffs, like as most teams are going to. But um, I think that they still have, like especially with their corners and stuff like that, you can you they do have some rookies out there. I think you can find you know, some matchups uh, there to like, you know, uh, to take advantage of. But it depends if the, I, well, I mean, the Eagles got a very strong O-line for Jalen Hurts, so I feel like they can protect them, but you never know what they can do. Um, for the Eagles, it's weird to kind of say what uh, what weakness they would have. I mean, you may have to go back to the game where they lost, where they basically like their defense just didn't do what they were supposed to do. And, you know, Jalen maybe got like a little frazzled in that particular game, which he seems to have learned from, but at the same time, it all relies on like the execution of Hertz because this is kind of like Hertz. This is your moment. This is it. I'm not saying like, if you lose this game, it's over for you, for your career. It's one of those, just like it hinges on your execution. Um, I think that's fair to say, because, you know, we, we kind of saw how this team functioned when Gardner Minshew came in, not to say they were awful, but it wasn't, I mean, it it almost felt like it bled into the way the defense played a little bit, right? Because yeah. uh, I think Sherm said it to KJ Wright: the best defense is a good run game, you know, because yeah. that's that's where it starts with uh, with the Eagles, and you know that's a that's a great point because if you have uh, if you have like uh, if you get if Chris Jones and Frank Clark can get in the backfield, you know, it might create some problems for that. But at the very least, I feel like Hertz is more mobile than Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes can't. Patrick Mahomes looks. He's stiff. got that weird run, man. <laughs> that weird one. He has that weird, uh, weird run, and like he's still he's still quick. Don't get it twisted. But at the same time, like I I will if I had to bet on someone's legs within the quarterbacks, I would bet on Hertz's legs more so than Mahomes, in my opinion. And I mean, Mahomes kind of suffered some, you know, uh, ankle injuries. More not like anything like you know se- severe, right? But you know, we'll see what just happens here going into that match, but that's like kind of the weaknesses I see so far for, for, for the Eagles, for me, I think the main thing that I was seeing that, uh, it's really hard. Like that's, that's how you, that's how, you know, it's a good team. It's kind of hard to pick apart, like break it down unit by unit, tight end, fantastic wide receiver, fantastic running back, O line, QB D line, you know, linebackers, secondary, they're all excellent. The only thing I could say that the Eagles don't have is maybe experience at this level. For a lot of these faces, it's, you know, yeah. a first time thing. And, you know, besides like the five te- people carrying over from the last time the Eagles went to the Super Bowl, plus some new faces like Indomit and Sue and yeah. those kind of guys that have won it, you know, it's it's really hard finding a weakness. But, you know, they haven't been here. At, and, you know, meanwhile, the Chiefs are on their third trip to the Super Bowl in like the last five years or so. Right. That's true. And so that, that can, you know, the the environment, the setting can get to a lot of these younger players. And I think that might be the hurts uh, included hurts included. Cause he has included, there, you know, so that's why I said it hinges off of hurts. Cause like if hurts, if you're just like choked up or something like that, I don't know what to tell you. 
this one's for all the marbles, right? Like, you know, you lose a regular season game. Hey, you come back next week, you know, you fight hard, but this is what it all comes down to. And, you know, if that cause, I mean, that'll, that might cause a lot of anxiety for like a lot of these young players. And that's the old, like legitimately, that's the only weakness I can see out of them. Yeah. And do you have any like key player or position group matches that like to kind of look at for I'll, this whole thing? I'll reiterate the one that you said again, which was that Eagles front seven versus the Chiefs O-line. You know, the Chiefs O-line, we, 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 I said like the parallel was like the Chiefs offense versus the Bucks defense from, you know, two, two, three years ago. Um, you know, I think that's basically what's happening again. That's and the you key can, one. You, you, you hit it on the key. Like that's like number one. What is the Eagles front seven going to do the Chiefs O-line? Because it starts there. Yeah, and you know it's if you you can't give Patrick Mahomes any time to improvise. Oh my gosh, yes. It doesn't even matter. Like, oh, I have him turn the wrong way or anything ridiculous like that. Because there is no wrong way. There is no bad angle. There is no, you know, he can he can throw a ball literally sideways. He did that in the last Super Bowl. He was at yes, and then, like he can always improvise well on a play. Like even when like he's coming down from a sack, he'll just throw the ball, and then someone's like there to catch it and take it upfield for like another twenty yards or something like that. That's happened this year, this season. Yeah. It's just it's crazy. And that's for that's like the the big one. And you know, if if Patrick Mahomes can't go get going early, you know they're gonna force themselves to be into like a one sided game because then you know the Eagles will come back on their side and um you know just do what they normally do run the ball run the ball because you know like we were saying like these last these the the two playoff games the eagles played nobody really stuck out on the stat sheet you yeah. know no one no one had like a, a day on offense but they were blowing teams out and that's that's scary if you're if you're if you're coming up against that it's scary if you think about it you know next year because a lot of these players are going to be coming back that's true and like the thing with the chiefs is that you don't know when they're going to hit you with a trick play either. So you have to definitely be disciplined for that. And I know that they, and I know that they recognize like they, they're like, we know that, you know, you have a good front seven. So we're about to have like a lot of quick throws and stuff like that. So it's really just a matter of like, like secondary to that uh, matchup will be like, hopefully Eagle secondary can hold up in, in case like the D line can't get to, you know, Mahomes in time and stuff like that. Yeah, and you know they got they're 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 healthy again back there too. C.J. Gardner Johnson is back, mm-hmm. led leads the league in interceptions and that kind of thing. Yeah, he was tired. You know, for yeah, and the rest, <laughs> the one and only dude. I saw like this is a side note. I saw some uh, like you know if you could go what what what's the term for it? If you could go back and redraft the previous season, yeah, they had like people. Some people had like Tariq Woolen going third, Brock Purdy going fourth, and I'm like, man. okay like i I would give like Tariq woolen's height like his ceiling would probably be like somewhere in the middle of first round i would say but not middle of first i don't i would say like late first early second okay that's fair and then that late first early second as well because he wasn't like the standout quarterback but then like dude i thought i thought people's like you know draft the predictions or projections or whatever were head ass sometimes but man people redrafting people i can't even get it right when they're redrafting but anyway um for other key matchups i would say you know just to rattle off my last one probably the eagles wide receiver room versus Mm -hmm. the chief secondary you know it's not not that the chief secondary is terrible they got my boy trent mcduffie out there shout out huskies but the Chiefs are likely game planning to stack the box and limit the run game. You know, that's what you kind of have to do against this team. And if they go ahead and do that, you can look to the Eagles to try to get their run game going by passing because they have that ability. You know, they got mm-hmm. Devontae Smith, who's a fantastic route runner, the Slim Reaper, and A.J. Brown. You know, there's plenty of film on him catching go balls. He did it three times in one game once. 
Oh yeah, true. I mean, that's a. I think those are like the two, like those ones you you put up are like the two major matchups because at the end of the day, that's what it's all going to come down to. And really, like ultimately, Eagles front seven, and basically, what can the Chiefs offense do? Yeah, it, that's like for both sides. I, that's why I was going to even say, like, even if I were to say, what about for like you know the Chiefs? Well, the Chiefs they just got to get their offense going and keep it revved up because that's honestly their strong suit is yeah. their offense. So. Um, and you know that just kind of caters to Andy Reid. Andy Reid is an offensive-minded coach. Like yeah. he's he's been an offensive-minded coach for a long time. You think about all the great quarterbacks he's coached and that kind of thing. Facts. Um, is there any like I guess like X factors or anything like that? Some players that are just like they'll be the key changers in this game. Yeah, to look to, uh, like guys that I would look to to you know maybe turn the tides of the game. Probably yeah. be you know like you mentioned MVS. You know he was the guy that turned the tide for the game against the Bengals. Uh, and, you know, I could just because I don't think Juju is going to be healthy for the Super Bowl. I don't think he's practicing as of right now. Still, I think Kadarius Tony might be back, but I don't think, I Juju think they got a back. lot of I think they had a lot of their people like a lot of Chiefs came back from some of them off of IR while some got put on IR and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I think Michael Hardman got put on IR or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just you could just you could replace MVS with any damn Chiefs receiver stepping up because like like uh like the Chiefs are going to do with try, try to take out the. uh Eagles run game we know that the Eagles are going to try to do the same thing like you were saying take mm-hmm. out that Travis Mahomes connection or, or Travis Travis Kelsey <laughs> Travis Kelsey Travis Patrick. Mahomes <laughs> they took his last name <laughs> 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 Travis uh, Travis Kelsey Patrick Mahomes connection mm-hmm. and you know if if teams game plan entirely around that that'll open up some space for your wide receivers assuming that your front seven can't get home yeah, actually, I I I think one player from the Eagles for sure would be Hassan Reddick. He's been like, he's been on like the, like a stretch of games, he's uh, on a postseason tier, and even during the season. So I think he's gonna be a key. Like even the last game, he was a game changer in that first half. Uh, I know it kind of cooled off a little because that's, that's probably because they game plan for him in the second half. But like, man, did you see him in the first half where he was like tackling? He even got the sack, and it looked someone was even the game commentators were just kind of like, wait. I know he sacked him, but that looks like a that look like a like he strip fumble him. It's like no 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 no. He I was like yeah. oh my gosh, that would be so awesome if he did because it was like a he had like what a, like two hurries, a sack or two, and like some he's, tackles. It's just been an absolute force of nature for that defense. I, and he's gonna be the one because of course you got your anchors in the middle, right? Even it, Jordan Davis could just step up out of no. You don't know like Jordan yeah. Davis isn't just some big dude that takes up space in the center. Like this man run ran like a four seven five or a four seven at, for his forty time. In the and that's for a big man that's that's he fantastic six three or six four and like three something three forty pounds i need you to understand like that's like faster than me and i weigh half his weight yes like <laughs> a lot like even when i was in football i think i i hit like four seven a little bit below maybe it's like a high four six but like i was a lot lighter than like jordan davis yeah. jordan davis is doing it taller and bigger than me that's a that's a hey that's an x factor right there too and it comes down to like how they reinvent, how they 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 have the Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. You know they have that like foundation. Who is you know, an actor on that defense at this point? They got C, yeah. they got Linville Joseph. Like just throw everything. Yeah, you can anybody. Who it's just it's like when the Seahawks faced the, the Broncos, you know, all those years ago, right? You know who was going to step up? Malcolm Smith, the guy that was a seventh round pick, one got the 
Super Bowl MVP for a for a defensive return touchdown and a fumble. Oh my god, that was so like, like the best Super Bowl too. Like it was just like like where were the Denver Broncos offense at? They were gone. They were the best all time. And you know that was the the side note on that. I think there was it was such a one sided game come the second half that people were turning it off and like the ratings were going down. Oh, but but anyway, you know this 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 game kind of has the it has that it has that air about it, right? You know we'll find out really quick you know, what kind of game it's going to be. And I think that's going to be the important thing. But yeah. like you said, anybody can be an X factor on that defense. But, you I know, mean, any other will be for the offense because everything in the offense is going to flow through him, whether he's passing that ball to someone, handing it off, or just running at the ball himself. Because you never, when they get into the red zone, they have many options to get into the end zone too. So, oh, yeah. The ring around the Rosies. <laughs> whoa. Chiefs, yes. Chiefs oh, got the ring around the Rosies. Chief. Yeah, no, yeah. you're right, though. Chiefs got the ring around. Like that's, that's why I said about the Chiefs. They got the crazy plays in the red zone. But then, like, with the Eagles, it's like, you got to stop Hurts. You got to stop all these receivers or our running backs. Take your pick. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. Yeah, I thought <laughs> you said Chiefs earlier. My technically. bad. No, no, it's all good, man. Like, cause like you're like you just reminded me of that play too, and they got such a troll up. moment. They got they got a penalty for it. Then they were just like, okay, okay, we're gonna stop playing. Actually, run a regular play and still score a touchdown. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's the Chiefs for you. Especially where they matched up against it was the was it the Titans? No, it wasn't the Titans. It was it was a playoff. Uh, I thought it was a playoff game. Jags. Yeah, it was, I thought it was Jags. I thought it was Jags. No, it was a Jags. Was a, it might not have been Jags. I for, I can't believe I forgot what game who they. It was late in the season. It was like either right before the playoffs or like the first game of the playoffs. Okay, yeah, yeah. Regardless, it was. It's still. It's like one of those. One of those. Yeah, it'll be on the DVD at the end of the season if they win the Super Bowl. Like oh, that, you know, they're <laughs> gonna talk about all of that, man. But um, oh, yeah. I mean, thinking like you know, as we're talking about these two teams, I mean, they're they're two powerhouses in their own right. With both Mahomes on one side, you got Jalen Hurts and his Eagles on the other. Um. Again, like we said this before, like you have two, one, it's still history. You got two black quarterbacks in this, in this Super Bowl, you know, for the very first time, um, especially two quarterbacks that played in Texas. <laughs> yeah. shout, out, shout out to Texas. But um, man, like it's going to be a crazy game. I don't know how it's going to, I don't, I hope it's not like a, a blowout. That would be so disappointing. I think it's going to be a close game. I can't give you like a score off the top of my head. Like it's, I feel like it's going to be down to the wire because it's going to be one of those kind of games. Hey, maybe that, the script is written. You know, that we already know what the results are going to be. They're already, they're already in the room right now. They're just doing rehearsals at this moment. Like, hey, you got to make sure that the ref calls you for this right here and stuff like that, right? But yeah, at the end of the day, like, who do you think? I guess we can kind of go into if people haven't guessed who our picks are. You know, who who would you pick to win the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, we we it's the same we had last week. It's Eagles, man. <laughs> I thought there was gonna be a change. Like, oh, you know what? The the Chiefs, man. It's all nah, you Chiefs. convinced me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're both basically saying the Eagles. So that's our that's our Super Bowl pick. Eagles are gonna get it. I think they edge out. Even in like the uh, not even looking at the odds, which they still have the Eagles edging out. I feel like the Eagles have if they if they play on all three sides, both offense, defense, and special teams, they can win that game. Oh, easily. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, because they're the most they're the more complete team. So, you know, but the thing is that Vegas only has them as a one and a half point favorite. So script's written. The script is written. They're they're doing rehearsals right now. They're just they're just making sure like, hey, we're going to have like a controversy moment right here that everyone's going to be talking about for months. And this is yeah. what your social media team is going to have to know ahead of time. <laughs> Don't <laughs> but, <you> know, up. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's kind of wild, right? Like, you know, you, we kind of mentioned it about it, about it when uh, we were talking about Tom Brady retiring. But, you know, like 
they're the old guard and quarterbacks. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the only one left, but oh, you know, you're right. you know, it's basically like our childhood is over. Like yeah. those guys that have been around for a long time, Peyton, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, you know, Tom Brady. That's a whole Aaron era. Rodgers. Like, did you see what? That, did you see that, po- that? Did you get that from that tweet uh, from PFF? Because they were the ones that tweeted out like a, a Photoshop thing where it's like end of an era and like all of those old probably are gone. Yeah. yeah, dude, that's like your child. That's our childhood. <laughs> oh man, like if we uh, play those teams for like a decade on Madden facts bro like that's what i'm saying like you gotta at least post that picture from pff on the on the youtube man like you just gotta show because like i got it right there too i have it saved so i can i can shoot that to you but yeah all the six of those so the eli if they had eli manning Manning, and rapa's big ben oh uh, shit i forgot about big ben yeah uh you got yeah philip philip rivers drew Brees, tom brady and peyton manning so both of the mannings and all that like six qbs are just they're finally aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is still playing. Is still playing yeah, but yeah, still. Let's talk about him real quick. Just real quick, quick. I heard a thing. Right, everyone keeps asking what he's doing. He was playing golf and all this stuff. He literally said, "I'm not going to make a decision about whether I'm going to come back to play again next season or not." Because he could be on this list too, but uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to make a a decision till after my. He calls it a darkness retreat or something like that. Dude, he's like dark isolating for like four days or something ridiculous like that i mean hey hey i'm not i'm not gonna lie to you i get it because when you're actually keep yourself tuned to tw- like i'm saying like i'm not i'm not speaking for aaron Rodgers, but have you ever just wanted to have like a day where you can just you know whether you want to concentrate on something but you don't have like social media open if you want to turn off your phone don't put your don't throw yourself down a cave or a well or wherever he's wherever he's doing his retreat Uh, go to to a little cabin or something like that and you know nature you know and uh it's only four days right i'm just saying like if you made your money and you just want to i would i personally would do it i would just have the time where it's like i want to go like you know just i want to go underground for like a few i I have my moments where i want to go underground for like a week at times man so i truly understand it from aaron Rodgers' perspective he's like i'm gonna make a decision after that because he can actually just he's gonna be looking at himself that's Mm -hmm. one thing about those types of retreats in general now i'm not talking about the details of his darkness retreat but even though it sounds edgy coming from aaron Rodgers, but i don't know man it feels like there's like ayahuasca involved in here or something as well because that man's on something i don't know i mean he why not i mean why not just get attuned with nature and stuff i'm not saying like live outside but like i would have a nice cabin i'll have like a nice area to go to and you know if you want to get high or something like that go go right ahead i mean i feel like he deserves it he's made his money granted he hasn't gotten a he hasn't been back for a super bowl but at the same time he needs to make that's a very important decision it's going to affect the green bay packers if not him and his family yeah and you know there you can we can start the rumor mill and stuff like that like jets are the name that are being thrown around maybe raiders because they're moving on from Derek carr yeah but Ra- you know, well, Raiders. Well, well, he could go to the raiders because Devontae adams <laughs> i have aaron, to go follow my boy <laughs> yeah because while he's at his golf event a fan asked him hey aaron uh Devonte adams is looking for a neighbor and aaron goes tell him to buy me a house with all that money he got <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, like aaron's pretty i think like a chill dude um obviously until you kind of get into like what his beliefs and stuff are and just in general his and what he thinks but at the very least he looks like just a dude that's just like i'm just i'm Vibing. here you know who i am like he knows like he knows his worth um there was the question of like bro are you trying to win like you know, when Gronk was like, are you trying to win an MVP or are you actually trying to win a Super Bowl? Like, come on, bro. So, yeah, it's just uh, kind of one of those things, right, uh, where you have to question it. But besides that, like, it really felt like he was in it for, like, the accolades and the stat padding. And I'm not saying he was literally just out there throwing the ball just for the sake of it because Drew Brees had his moments where you're just like, 
is he stat padding? <laughs> he tried yeah, to get that sure. record up a little bit before he go because he knows Tom Brady's going to still go after him. Um, but yeah, we'll yeah, see what happens a- with Aaron Rodgers. But I, I think he'll come back for another season. It just might not. It won't be with the Green Bay Packers unless oh, he just sure. if he if he retires, then it's definitely the end of an era. That's all of your old QBs that we all know and love. Not all of them, but you know that we know. And then you know now we're on to a new batch. You know, the Josh yeah, which Allen's, is kind of crazy. Mahomes. That's <laughs> why, like, Mahomes still there too. Yeah, but <laughs> but you know, but you know, like that's what I was trying to get at too. Is that the fact is that like we're looking at like Patrick Mahomes as like the leader of this new generation of quarterbacks, right? And so like the fact that he's already at his third Super Bowl, he's already kind of got like that quote unquote villain status type of thing, where or like you know like the uh, what do you call it, the favorite status, right? And I so, would say Burrow would be like the more the villain compared to like people look at Mahomes as the hero while like Burrow might be like the villain because he has an origin story for himself with these Super Bowl or like getting trying to get to the Super Bowl again and stuff. So that's just my yeah, that's true. Though. And so with at least with this sweet specific Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I would say that he's kind of got that villain that villain reputation as like the guy that's just like kind of like how people looked at Tom Brady and how when they were at the Super Bowl every year kind of thing. Like God damn it, Tom Brady again. But you know, it, I will uh, actually challenge you and say it might be. I would say it's Jalen Hurts' villain story because a lot of so? people have you not seen like even like Skip and everyone else were saying like they don't really see Jalen Hurts being a franchise QB for the Eagles and stuff like that. And look where he's at now with the Eagles. Like they were oh, all yeah, undefeated. Like almost well, it shows un- what Skip un- knows because <laughs> yeah, it shows what Skip and others know, right? But there was even a thing at this like Super Bowl media day, right? And uh, I saw this clip too. Um, someone was talking to Jalen Hurts. They were like, hey, Jalen Hurts, um, you know, funny story. Um, you know, I really didn't think you were going to be making it with this team and stuff back in the day. And, you know, Jalen Hurts was just like looking at him, just letting him finish. And he was just like, so, you know, I want to just tell you, bro, like, you know, I'm sorry because, you know, you obviously you're here and you brought the team here. He was just like, okay. Okay. He literally, <laughs> no, literally, that was his response. was like, okay. <laughs> okay. Fair, fair enough. Right, because like people were literally writing him off too, and it's just like, look where he he's didn't at write now. back though. He did not write back. I mean, in the in the, in the spirit of Gino, <laughs> yeah, I did not write back. I definitely did. I didn't even know. Wait, you wrote me? I didn't even care. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I left you on red. <laughs> uh, even if you have an Android phone, or no, even if you have an iPhone, I got the. Even if I have an Android, I'm just gonna send you red. Just yeah, to make sure you know. <laughs> But yeah, man, um, it's it's a lot, and the fact that like you got reporters coming out apologizing to Jalen Hurts and stuff like that, it's like, oh, even if I was Jalen, I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, you want to ask him to say anything else besides you want to give me an apology? Like, okay. You know, it's kind of funny too, because like the uh, like Super Bowl press conferences and stuff like that are uh, starting, and like one guy asked Nick Sirianni, "How important is it that you go out there and win the next game?" Nick Sirianni just kind of looked at him like. It's a Super Bowl dumbass. <laughs> Come on. What are you telling me? It's very important. Oh, like, who, You're who? new here, aren't you? <laughs> oh, you must be. Who, like, who, like, when did you start? Oh, a few uh, weeks ago. Okay, I got you. I got you. You're just trying to start off with a warm-up question. Okay. Oh, oh you're from actual, e- that was an actual oh, you're question. From, <laughs> oh, you're from ESPN Europe? Oh, football, not like soccer. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, man. Like that media, that Super Bowl media days are uh, that was a trip. But um I'm just here so I don't get fined. Right. I remember that the best. Um that's the best one. 
I was thinking about that's how I was going to start the podcast as well, but I, I stuck with the scripted. Of course. And I was like, we're just here so we don't get fined. So welcome to the Miss Reps podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, you know, I would want to find other people to, so I can get some money in my pocket, but you know. <laughs> you yeah. Know. Do you know Tom Brady is like, Tom Brady immediately started his own podcast now. It's called yeah. Let's Go. Yeah. And, you know, his first guest was Bill Belichick, and they had kind of a moment, which you kind of just appreciate. Yeah, he had, he, I heard he got emotional because like Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick was like, I mean, you had to, he, he had to, you know, retire at some point in time, you know, things have, some things you got to do the impression. You got to do an impression. He's like, you got to retire at some point. Oh, you know, he played football. <laughs> he played football for me. Um, he ex- executed well, seven Super Bowls. <laughs> i saw like a, i saw a real like while I'm, while my internet was cut i saw a reel where it was like steve belichick was like someone was doing an impersonation of steve belichick and he was watching coco melon doing his weird like like weird tongue thing or whatever <laughs> <laughs> and then bill belichick walks in and he's like hey steve you've been watching all that film i sent you and he's like yeah dad <laughs> yeah man because that's man, I'm, I'm actually glad i mean Tom Brady can start anything and it'll just pick up, right? Obviously, you'll be like, "Yep, it's the it's the start of the podcast and stuff like that." So, he he, you know, he's gonna have he's gonna be working with Fox. Will he ever do a comeback, kind of like how Brett Favre did? I highly I, doubt I it. I hope not. I hope not, and I highly doubt it because, like, it's like why, and then who, and then like what team? What are you would trying want to prove, you? man? <laughs> he he don't need he, to prove anything. He tried. He already nope. lost. He lost his family over football. I mean, he's got he's got more Super Bowls than any team in the NFL. This is facts right here. Facts. What he is it, went, six or he seven? Went to seven. He, he seven, went yeah. to ten Super Bowls and won seven. Yeah, two because of he lost two because of Eli and one because of Saint Nick. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's like. Can you picture him having rings on all of his fingers, though? Low-key. Bill Russell style. Oh my gosh! Just like, uh, what was that? And like, what was that? Like, I remember like all those commercials, like, like just have all of like the <laughs> Super Bowl rings <laughs> on one. It's just like, and what? And uh, what? And what was that? What was that rookie? And just like all Super Bowl rings, like, <laughs> yeah. But anywho, um, I mean, any, uh, yeah, I think that's all for us, though. Like, any last minute send offs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm about to go into Bonds just chip and dip. We got from HEB because we went to the oh, HEB. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Eight, HEB chip and dip slaps. Bro, the case that we got. Slaps. So, so we went to HEB, right? Real quick. We went to HEB and we went to the one in like in Plano because that's like, it's only it's a few HEBs one? out in the DFW area as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's one in Frisco, Plano, and I think I forgot where the third one is, but it's just not like in, it's not in Dallas proper. So, and Dallas County is like a really huge thing. So it includes some other cities. H- this HEB was so huge. How huge was it? How huge was it, Adam? It was so huge. So huge that like, it looked like a, a warehouse, like a Costco warehouse, but like Damn. it still had the, on the inside, it still had the, the, the HEB vibe of like your, your lanes and stuff, but it was crowded. I'm not going to lie to you. I walked in that thing. I had a little bit of like social anxiety for a sec. I was like, yo, <laughs> I've never been to an HEB where like you could just go into a random aisle and you're kind of like have to wait in a queue with other people going down that same aisle and stuff like that. Cause I'm just used to like when I was back in the Austin area, just uh, the HEBs obviously were not as big. It's bigger than like a, a HEB plus, which is like the super HEBs, if you will. And it also, had people... a, it also had a, it also had a lane where you could drive and get barbecue. <laughs> Really? Yes. Like you could actually do it. Go to a drive-through and get barbecue. People don't realize building. You know, there's like there's a college football like bowl game or you know like a rivalry game called the H E B Bowl. I can't remember who it's between. I think it's like Mm -hmm. Texas Tech and like Texas or something like that. You know, one of those type of rivalries, Mm -hmm. and it's called the H E B Bowl. People don't realize 
how important HEB is to like the Texas community and like oh. how like ingrained it is. People love that shit. People go out there for a day out type of thing. Like my parents go to Costco for the same kind of shit, but people, other people you in Texas, go, you go to Costco and Sam's Club for the bulk. You get you get your stuff in bulk. We go to Costco too, but like apparently H-E-B, you get drive through. You can get drive through barbecue apparently. You can't, I get, never dri- heard you can't get that drive through barbecue. You can't get that nice like you know ribs or something like that on the way <laughs> out, man. And it was in like a nice area too in Plano. So if you ever come up to Dallas, bro, like you gotta at least like go to that H E B in Plano just to see the size of it. And like it's literally like a field, and then you just see like a huge H E B that everyone it has traffic going in and out. I just of I just want to imagine like the car like the 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 parking lot for the cars. Oh, it was it's packed, like, and it was a it, huge parking lot. It's I imagine it's like a co- like a football stadium sized parking lot for that big. We of literally an H-E-B. took the first thing that we saw when we drove. It's like nope, just I don't know. We ain't how. dealing with this. Yeah, we ain't dealing. I said I said baby, go park right there. Like you know, right there. <laughs> we just parked and then like. Uh, man, it, it was huge though. But I, I will say, like, when I went into that thing, I was like, "There's a lot of people." In this. I even talked to the cashier. Cash said, "Because um, granted, slow this day. was after <laughs> it wasn't a sl- slow day. <laughs> yeah, it's a slow day. But uh, it was after the freeze that happened in Dallas. So of course, people are getting that those groceries and stuff. So it was it was more packed than usual. But even she was, even the the cashier was just like, "Yeah, sorry about that. It's a uh, this is very like busy today. It was on a Saturday with that we went. So obviously, the first day in the weekend. So yeah, for sure." Oh man, but either way, the chips and dip. We got some. We we had like found a sale where we got chips, dip, uh, fajita meat, and some other stuff oh, all shit. for free. Bro, you gotta check the coupon. You gotta look at your coupons, man. The coupon like it was like a literally a whole a coupon thing like this big, and it just had like all this like free. For, like the queso was free, the chips was free, the fajita meat was free. You just had to buy like one or two things. Like it's it's crazy. Oh, but, for um, sure. Besides I mean, that, I, NFL script memes they have been hilarious to say the least, and I love them on Twitter. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, one thing, last thing I was going to say about HEB is, you know, the dude's name is Howard Edward Butt. I'm pretty sure they're going to make like uh, like a holiday after this guy because that's how much they love him in Texas. I thought there was already like a, a HEB day at some somewhere in Texas. Some mayor said, yep, this day is dedicated to HEB or something like I that. I would not be surprised. But they, <laughs> HEB has been doing a lot of good in like the community and stuff like that, especially like with the Hurricane Harvey stuff and all that. Good, oh, yeah. You know, all that all that jazz. So, hey, it's um, Texas true and true. You know, they look after their true. own. But yeah, man. Uh, that again, that H E B was big. I have not seen an H E B that huge. It was like a warehouse. If H E B had a warehouse, it was that. But they said, no, it's still a store. Look at these aisles, and they they had aisles and stuff. Man, it was a it was a big H E B. But yeah, <laughs> NFL script memes. They've been hilarious. I love how we we try to try to find like stuff like J P P during his uh oh my god uh, during his year, and he's just like. <laughs> Oh, my hands and all that type of stuff. My but, favorite one. There's so, so many good ones, dude. Like the, uh, what was the other one you were telling me with, uh, was it Plaxico? No, it was, um, I've seen the ones where like uh, quarterbacks on their turn, their season where they had like a big injury, like Alex Smith before his oh, big injury yeah. season. Like it was all of those. And people just find every excuse or no, it was like Antonio Brown and his script. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude, or, or the one where it was like Tom Brady in twenty sixteen waiting for Matt Ryan to come in and read the the, the NFL script this year. Oh yeah, it's like oh hey, and then like they did multiple ones with Tom Brady, Tom Brady and the Seahawks, Tom Brady and like the Falcons, Tom Brady and this oh, and yeah. that. Oh my gosh, man! The, was... the, I think the Jason Pierre Paul one that you said was my favorite though. Because they... <laughs> like they had a, that whole that whole meme. They had yeah. a, it was Hannibal Burris, right? Hannibal Burris, that whole Hannibal yeah. Burris meme where he's looking at his hands, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, whoever thought about this in the moment? You're <laughs> evil, <funny. laughs> evil, and you're funny because I get it." 
Yeah, for me, I mean, the NFL is scripted. That's pretty much the, uh, I think that's what we got to look forward to. The The outcome of the game has already been written. But if you want any more proof that the NFL is scripted, I, I saw this Field Yates tweet as we were writing up our uh, script for today. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, if you want any more proof the NFL is scripted, it's the Chiefs and Eagles, both teams this year, 16-3, and three, 546 scored points. Six All-Pros, including a Kelsey brother and a QB and their QB. Wow. And were their respective divisions or conferences number one seed. NFL is scripted. Scripted. So scripted. So hard. Down to the minute details. Yeah. Like, they literally you know, they, said you cannot score anymore after this. It's like, we need you to fail. <laughs> yeah, they, they did all those, uh, you know, you, you play fantasy. You know, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a, a funny bit, you know, now that your fantasy is over, that we can't really talk about your fantasy season. But you know how it is where you're like won by like, 0.5 points but you're still waiting until tuesday for those stat adjustments to Basically. make sure that you didn't lose right <laughs> oh man i've actually lost by the point like zero point something before or one, i've won by the oh zero it's point brutal something. it feels like it you don't like to be on the other end of it you just want to be on like you don't want to be on the receiving end of those type of losses you want to be on the winning sides of those but if yeah as i say it feels damn good on the winning very side very good <laughs> when you get like oh point seven and of course um you know obviously the demar homlin uh Hamlin uh, injury obviously messed up a lot of leagues, but eh, you know we got through that one. He's healthy, thank God, because it could have went worse. But um, man, fantasy is fantasy. Can't wait till next year. Here's <laughs> here's to the Super Bowl, and the NFL is going to script some type of controversy, some type of controversial call, some type of controversial catch. It's going to be something controversial. There's always something controversial, <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt, man. But um, that's it from us here at Missed Reps. Follow us on all the socials again, the good old Twitters, the Instagrams, and hey, uh, we'll be on YouTube pretty soon with this video, I mean. But um, hey, like us, you know, like, share, subscribe, do all the things. Hey, rate us at five stars on the podcast, though, by the way, and just keep sharing because, yeah, and then come see our ugly mugs on YouTube because uh, we're there and ugly. we're looking. Well, it's just me. That's just me. No, I'm kidding. I'm, 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 just, I'm just kidding. It's just you. But, um, you know, <laughs> follow us on all the handles. Um, and we hope to see you again next week after the Super Bowl. Peace.